The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From Richard Flint International. Deep inside you, there's a power. A power you can use to meet every challenge, every roadblock, conquer every obstacle life throws at you. A power to be happy, fulfilled, successful. A power to be everything you want to be. Now, meet the man who wrote the book on human behavior. The man who can teach you how to unleash your own power to be. Ladies and gentlemen... Richard Flint. Our show today is about one of those ever-present parts of your life. It's an everyday experience that comes in many different forms. It's the S-word. Can you guess what I'm referring to? It's that thing called stress. Several shows ago, we did two shows on the psychological aspects of stress. Today I want to take this fact of stress to a little deeper level. Now, let me remind you. Stress is anything in life that makes you uptight. It really does come in many different forms and from every direction. It's not something you can escape. Reality is, it's not something you really want to completely eliminate from your life. It is a presence that you want to learn to control. Yet, most give their stress control of their life. What causes many people to give the control of their life away? Let me walk into the counseling room for a second, and some of the reasons that I've heard and I've seen why people give control of their life away. Confusion in their life. Others who keep pulling and pushing at them never seeming to be an end to what is happening in their life. The financial pressure. Refusing to address issues. Organization is just another form of chaos in their life. And then letting things stack up in their life. I am convinced that stress is one of the most dangerous aspects of people's lives, especially today. Everywhere I go with the majority of people that I talk to, they seem to be overwhelmed with the stress in and around their life. So much of this today is from the changes that are being forced on people. They weren't prepared for what the economy has brought to their life. They had a life that was existing on the edge. And then... When the economy went through its redesign, and that's all the economy has done, it's redesigned itself. When the economy went through its redesign, they weren't mentally, emotionally, or financially ready. The result? An increase in the stress in their life that wasn't what they wanted, nor what they needed. This is such a huge issue. That I've invited my guest from last week, Dr. Scott Becker back to talk with us about stress and what it's doing to people's lives today from a medical perspective. Hey, Scott, welcome back. Thank you, Richard. And uh, as much as I enjoyed last week's show, this week I am looking forward to because of the information that we can impart to the people that are listening. Yeah, and I'm glad that we have this show today to talk about this thing called stress. Now, first and foremost, is all stress bad? No, and I think it comes from a reference frame of what the definition of stress is, which we'll cover in just a minute. But we all know that stress can be a motivator. Stress can be a picker-upper, a cup of coffee, if we will uh, use that analogy. But no, all all stress is not bad. So what's the difference between bad stress and good stress? 
when you start with stress, anything which is going to take the body and put it into a domino effect, if you will, and have somebody feel the consequences of stress, let's just call that bad stress. Good stress is something that we'll categorize as something which lowers our shields, both outside and inside. And that stress is generally considered to be distress, which is a negative term. And so many people termed it as negative, when in reality, sometimes we can use an internal stressor of needing to finish a project, for example, or needing to get our work done for a Monday morning homework assignment. So that kind of pressure or stress is a good stress. So good stress makes us more productive? It very much so does. And it's an energizer? Yes. Then, Dr. Becker, what is stress? How would you define it? I believe stress is any type of response to the body for any type of change. And that stress can come in many categories, as we will talk of right now, but it usually is separated into a physical, a mental, an emotional strain or tension, so that the person perceives that something of demand is exceeding what they're actually prepared for, and they must mobilize. If that is a positive stress, then they mobilize in a good response, and if it's in a negative, it can take consequences all the way from illness to anxiety disorders to dysfunctioning in general. Do you think most people understand the difference between good stress and bad stress, or is it all to most people just stress? I think it comes from how we've dealt with it as a society. And once again, I'm going to use definitions which go back to hundreds and hundreds of years. And these stresses have almost always been perceived as a negative effect and as something which is going to have a negative connotation. So therefore, whenever we hear the word stress, we feel like it's a no-no or it's not permissible in class or in our performance in the job. When I wrote my book on the truth about stress, one of the most challenging aspects I had to the book was just trying to do what we're doing, and that is to find the word and help people to understand the key to stress. And one of the statements I talk about in the book is my philosophy that guides most of the book, that people who work to eliminate stress become stressful. But those who learn to control the stress in their life enhance their creativity. To me, one of the great keys is a person's ability to control the stress in their life. I would have to agree with that, and I think that's where we find some of our most creative, talented, and productive people in our businesses and in our society. Well, what about people who make the statement, I work better under pressure? I think they've adapted to stress, and I do believe there's a point in that stress uh, continuum, if you will, where they may feel a bit uncomfortable because, once again, not all stress is going to be felt good, perceived good, or taken good. But if stress is going to be a motivator to say, I work good under pressure, then in this particular instance, stress is something they've learned how to control and sometimes I don't think they realize when it's out of control. And I think that's the key right there because, you know, like we talked about, not all stress is bad. We need an element of stress. But for most people, for them to be able to identify when they've crossed that line from good stress to bad stress is a point where most people, they lack the ability to understand the difference between the two. And I think they lack perhaps a set of guidelines which may be able to help them and one of the points I wish to uh, conclude with today is hopefully giving people a guide, something which can be both an internal uh, checks and balances as well as for their structural support team and let people know when somebody may be operating under too much stress. Coining the word time out, it may be time for them to take a break mentally and allow that stress to calm down. Oh, but what if I have so much on my plate and I've got to get, get it all done and then you tell me I need a time out. Well, if I take a time out, I'm just increasing the pressure in my life. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that, but I think that with education and awareness with some of the shows as we're doing right now, I think people must take note of the fact that stress can be, over the long run, quite harmful. And I think that's some things we're going to cover in the next few minutes. Yeah. One of the things that I'm constantly teaching is that from my viewpoint, the human life, I divide into four rooms. The business room, the family room, the social room, and the personal room. My challenge with a lot of people is that that's the exact order in which they live. Their business room is their largest room, their family room is second, then their social room, and the room that they spend the least amount of time in is their 
personal room. When I talk to people, I hear people talking to me about the stress in their business room and the stress in their family room and the fact that there's no time to go out and to relax and have fun. So they they have a very minimal social room. But yet when it comes down, when I look at their life, the thing I realize, there really is no personal room. And for me, for the human life to have control, it has to be the personal room first, family room second, business room third, and then the social room. Do you agree that the personal room is important? I think it's crucial. And I think as a society, because we're overachievers, overproducers, and competition is rampant everywhere in society, I believe that we've risen to a level where we've traded off that personal time and sometimes even the family time. And the challenge is to try and regain why it is so important. And I think with people understanding that if they keep on squeezing all they could out of their personal room and squeezing all the time they possibly could out of their personal satisfaction with the family, they're going to realize that that's a trade-off that sometimes is going to be very, very uh, costly. And at this point, I think in the next few minutes, we can allow them to reacquaint themselves with what is most important. Pay yourself first. Any, any country which excels in savings knows that the key is to pay 10% before you even move into your bills. Pay it to yourself and keep it in savings. I think there's no difference with personal room, and I think the fundamentals of that personal time is everywhere important in any place of our society. But do you think people really understand that, Scott? No, I don't. I think we've uh, become a society of look, image, um, competition, get there first, trade off anything it takes to be number one, and I think sometimes we need to take a deep breath, step back, and put a little bit more time into understanding that the balance is what's going to be most important in the long run. The tortoise and the hare analogy is something that has been brought to light over the years in education. In many respects, what's happened is that we have moved more external than we are internal. It's about what we feel that other people feel about us or think about us or see in us, and to the point that we have let go of the need for self in order to try to be defined outwardly by things, places, and other aspects like that. How we're accepted, how we're viewed by others is something that's become more of a priority than how good do we feel about what we're doing? How satisfied are we with how our children are doing in school? And how satisfied are we that they're learning the principles of how to do everyday living rather than the principles of sometimes the grades, which people stress time after time after time, which puts pressure and stress on their children. All right, we're going to hang on to those thoughts, and we're going to disappear for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about how we have become so unhealthy. Hey, want to know a secret? It just takes a minute to get Richard Flint's Morning Minute. Go to www.richardflint.com, then to the Resources drop-down menu at the top, and click on Get the Morning Minute. Oh, and by the way, you can enjoy the first 21 days of Richard's Morning Minute absolutely free. But uh, don't tell anybody I told you so. Do you drag yourself out of bed every morning? Not another day. Emphasis on the drag. Oh, woe is me. The Richard Flint Morning Minute. Just like clockwork in your email inbox every single morning is anything but a drag. And you can try it free for 21 days. See, Richard believes the first thought you have in the morning will determine just exactly what kind of day you will have. That's why he created the Richard Flint Morning Minute, a video message sent to you by Richard each morning that can give you all the positive ammunition you need to face whatever your day throws at you. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. Call 1-800-368-8255 or visit richardflint.com slash resources and get the morning minute. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? Morning minute. It's worth it. Keeps you focused. Gets you focused. Something I wouldn't miss. A mentor is a personal thing. One-on-one, he's got your back. He's there to ask the right questions at the right time so you can make the right decision. Richard Flint knows you stumble through your life at times. No clear direction. Life seems to overwhelm. You don't seem to be able to focus. Or, heaven forbid, you don't even care. 
anymore. That's when you need Richard Flint by your side. On your side. It can happen for a lot less than you think. Pick up the phone and call 1-800-368-8255. 1-800-368-8255. Ask for Denise. Mentoring with Richard Flint. It's a personal thing. And quite frankly, it's a much better thing. When Richard Flint walks on stage, no one is quite prepared for what's about to happen. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's about getting a little uncomfortable, experiencing emotions you haven't felt in years, even questioning your direction in life. And then, through Richard's how-to instructions delivered in his down-to-earth grassroots style and a wisdom that sounds a lot like common sense, you finally get it. You realize, all is not lost, there's hope for you yet. No one who has ever been in the presence of Richard Flint is left untouched. That's why being in a Richard Flint audience can change your life. And booking Richard is easy. Pick up the phone right now and call Denise at 1-800-368-8255 or visit richardflint.com for details. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? Today we're continuing our discussion on health. Your health. Who you are. What's happening inside you. Are you really designed to have a healthy life? Uh, my guest, Dr. Scott Becker from Miami, Florida, and I are talking about the concept of stress, that ever-present part of your life. And right before we went to break, we were talking about the, the need for personal time and that people do not seem to understand the concept of what uh, Scott is talking about of pay yourself first. Now, from the counseling room, here is what I have seen happens when there is no personal time in one's life. Let me list them, and then I want us to deal with the medical concept of it. These are the things that I see. Pressure in their life increases, which then means emotions become their guiding force, which leads to reacting, taking over. Now internally, their sounds of silence turn to internal screams. Those internal screams then become an outer demonstration and their behavior. Now they start losing control. Anger in their life starts to grow. And the result is less and less and less personal control results. And to me, what that has created, Scott, is a very unhealthy society. So let's let you talk about how our society has become so unhealthy from the medical viewpoint. Well, let's start with the very uh, idea of being alone. And this has been enhanced with the speed of the Internet. I'll go back to my reference of 20 years as a pediatrician and pediatric emergency room doctor. I've witnessed more dysfunction within our families because of that isolation that people are now focusing on a screen. They're missing out on face-to-face -face interaction, body language, communication, which has been the hallmark of human behavior for hundreds and thousands of years. With the advent of various chat rooms and various interactions of communities online, we've all become even more isolated than ever in the history of mankind. So what happens is we get to more invisible crimes. And I'm not talking about financial or banking crimes over the Internet. I'm speaking of invisible crimes where you set up relationships with people, and they start out with curiosity, and that originates from aloneness and isolationism in our society. And then they lead to crimes of which people read about on the Internet, they read about in the newspaper, and they hear about on TV all the time. When we add to that isolation in a lone area, we increase it to where they go to schools and they carry arms because of anger issues. Maybe parents aren't at home. Perhaps at this point in time you're getting stressed because you're not able to meet the grades that you need to get into the colleges or the job that you perhaps wanted for a long time or the career that you were focusing many years on. So you start outbursts and little cries for help become no longer suicide. They become angry outbursts with arms, anger, and this varies in different communities based on a small city or large city or in rural areas. Then we move into the fact that we're not really communicating as well. I've said for years that one of the, the fastest growing diseases in this country 
is people's feeling of being alone. That every day people walk out and they look for a set of ears and all they can find is a mouth. And they get tired of just listening because the cry from so many at all different ages is just for someone to listen to them. Correct? I couldn't echo those words stronger. As Once again, as my reference using as pediatrician, I would have parents, teenagers, singles, married, young and old would come in, even the grandparents, because they were just as confused. And they would come in with issues. All they wanted was somebody to listen to. In our fast-paced, never-ending circle of movement in our society, nobody was listening. How many times have we walked by somebody saying, hi, how are you doing? And the how are you doing was answered two blocks later when nobody was in front of you. Well, I think then that leads to what you started to talk about, and that was no communication. That isolation leads to no communication, which it is healthy on any level for human beings to communicate, whether it be verbal, visual, touch, loving, caring, compassion, continuous, as far as you can imagine. And that communication is something that we strive for since the beginning of time. Once again, it's been well proven that positive attitude helps the immune system. Obviously, positive attitude helps our mating and survivability issues. And keeping things within the increases in stress, if we don't have communications, we have no support system. So there's more chemical dependency, higher suicide rate, depression, child and spousal abuse. That's amazing when you talk about that because when you broke that down and really got inside psychologically what they were talking about, it was just the fact of what they were saying. I share a house with this person. Uh, I have a relationship with this person, but I feel alone in all of this because we don't communicate. And you could just feel the, the stress in that life of someone just begging for someone to listen to them, to communicate with them. Absolutely. Uh, you know, not having that support system, once again, it leads back to the thing that people want to know. A, do they matter? And B, are they heard? Because those are things that every human being it's almost one of the inalienable rights that says we want to be healthy, happy, but we want to be someone who matters. And we cannot do this by ourselves. Answers are not easily come for, coming to us when we act alone, and we also require that acknowledgement. The, impro the improving self-esteem with some positive feedback in the workplace, in school, in playgroups. Isolation increases everything when that's not present. And above all, that leads to the stress, which we're talking about this whole show. It's led to marked increase in stress levels, and because it, just like in nutrition, which not many of the physicians can say that they were taught during the years of schooling and years after, only recently have we paid attention to how stress has led to decrease in immunity, possibly opening up doors for cancers and possibly open up doors for illnesses, which we never saw before, or at an earlier, level, earlier age than we ever saw them before because of the amount of stress. It seems like, Scott, that in these first three, the alone uh, the lack of communication and no support. It, it seems like that the the connecting factor in these is the feeling of isolation and that we have become a society that has defined itself by our disconnect, not by our connections. Exactly. And, and as my fifth topic, it comes under the topics of anger and rage. If it is not affecting the family, the careers, the schools, road rage, accident levels, violent crimes, racial or religious outbursts are all on the rise. And my question is consistently, where has all the common courtesies gone? Where are all those random acts of kindness? Where is the timeless adage, do unto others as we would wish them to do unto us? How come catastrophes in South Florida, like the magnitude of Hurricane Andrew, were needed in order to learn the names of neighbors that we might never have seen the faces of until we didn't have running water? And all these issues have permeated much more in the last three to five years. The last topic with anger and rage, even most people were, were witnesses of when it came to the World Trade Center. And where was it that our society had to be stressed just to test that the heroism of our fighter fighters and police, they've done every day of their lives, but it was highlighted during those stressful times. And that stressed all areas of our health care to its limits, psychologically affecting the families of those directly affected, guilt of the hundreds, if not thousands, including myself, who watched the repeats on film, which scarred all the emotions beyond. And how do you explain that to children for generations, that the world was altered forever from innocence, what a baby boomer generation was brought up into, and now we have to deal with is a medical society because of the alterations in the world we live in.
You know, it's interesting, Scott, because right after 9-11, I was brought to into New York City by some of the brokerage houses to talk to their people about psychologically what they were going through. And, you know, people talk about, and there's some validity to it, that people in New York City are very cold and that you can walk down the street and you can talk to people and no one talks to you. After 9-11, it was amazing because you would walk down the street and people would talk to you. It was like they were reaching out for someone to connect to, that the tragedy of 9-11 broke a silence barrier. And all of a sudden, people that had withdrawn into their own personal isolation were looking outside to try to find a hug. I think at that time, if we walked down the streets and offered a smile or a hug, we would never see the end of the line going down from the city of Manhattan. And I think that's a testimonial not only to the resilience of mankind, but also the emotional needs that we all have. And those stressors have affected us, whether it be dreams or nightmares, insecurities, depression that we never knew how to deal with, immune systems that were stressed just from exposure to the environment. And so we wonder, where is some of our urgency to get to where we need to be when something like that doesn't cause us to pause and say, how's your day? And do you really think that somebody matters when they say, I love you? It's, it's, it's just amazing when you start really thinking about we are creatures who need attention, but yet we seem to be designing a society that neglects attention. Uh, we have become so isolated in our own little pockets of where we live that we withdraw rather than find the ways to connect. And what we, to me, what we fail to understand is that the lack of connectivity increases our inner stress because we need that approval. We need that connection. We need that support. We need that conversation. We need those hugs. Having been blessed enough to speak at schools and various groups, hearing an applause and acknowledgement from something that you might have done, something you brought in anonymously to a school because you made brownies for kids that may have never had brownies before, these are random acts of kindness that people may not understand fulfill a need that is as crucial to me as oxygen. Okay, hold that thought right there because we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I want to pick up with that because I think that is critically, critically important. A friend of mine once told me he could knock a hole in any philosophy anyone came up with. Then I read the book. Behavior never lies. Richard Flint's number one philosophy, reminding you if their actions don't match their words, that, my friend, is a deal breaker. If you haven't read the book, even if you haven't been brave enough to read the book, there's one of two ways you can remedy that. First of all, call Denise at 1-800-368-8255 and she will be happy to send you a copy of Behavior Never Lies, the book. Or... You now get an audio version with excerpts from the book that comes on flash disk with two bonus programs, Mission Possible and Achieving a Five-Star Award in Customer Care. Whatever you do, call Denise as soon as possible. 1-800-368-8255. Behavior never lies. Want to know a secret? The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every morning is the perfect way to start your day. And listen to this. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute <laughs> could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com. And get the morning minute. Last month was about family, and it couldn't have been a better topic every day where there was something that I was able to take and work on with my family. It starts my day every day. I look forward to it, and I recommend it highly for anybody that doesn't have it. You should have it. Sometimes I just kind of think about what it says, and then I realize it really does have something to do with my life every morning of every day. We love the morning minute. It's just a blessing to our lives to be able to give us a great thought to hang on to all day long. Just the morning minute for us, it just... 
kind of sets the day for us. That's where we really like it. The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every single morning. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Behavior never lies. Think about it. You can't argue with it, can't dispute it, can't ignore it. You know it's absolute truth, and it applies to every person living on the planet. Behavior never lies. Written by the grassroots expert on human behavior himself. His name is Richard Flint. In this book, Richard gives you his insight into why this number one Flint philosophy is so important for all of us to understand. It's the book that won't let you off the hook. Because what Richard's saying is that if your words don't match your behavior, sorry, you're out of the game. Behavior never lies. Listen, if you're brave enough, get the book and read it. Go to richardflint.com or we really recommend you give Denise a call at 1-800-368-8255. Oh, and just for your information... If you really don't like to read that much, ask Denise about the audio excerpt version on Flash Drive. Behavior never lies. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? Welcome back. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying today's show because I think stress is such an important issue for, number one, people to accept. And number two, for people to understand the danger of. And number three, for people to learn, it's not about eliminating my stress. It's about recognizing my stress and controlling my stress. And the human body is so smart. And it tells us when we're overwhelming ourselves. And my guest today, Dr. Scott Becker from Miami, Florida. And we're talking about the, the effect that stress has on our bodies from head to toe. And, Scott, before we went to break, one of the things that you had mentioned was uh, the dreams, the nightmares, the insecurity, the anger rages, depression that are, are going to, to higher levels. Um, in conversations with people that I, that I work with, one of the things I'm noticing today is really two things. Number one, the lack of dreams and the increase in nightmares. And then number two, the increase in personal depression. Do you see, sense, or feel that? I think it's like uh, in the emergency room. I'll go back to draw from that analogy. Uh, you know, child abuse people see every now and then, but if it's there, if you're looking for it, and I think these dreams and nightmare issues are everywhere if you're looking for it. Um, I think reality is now the dreams that we are used to, used to enjoy, that we used to fantasize, and we used to enjoy escaping from some of the things that were stressing us, and now... There's not many places to escape from, so literally our dreams have now become our very reality. And so in that respect, because we're not vocalizing what we're feeling, when we sleep, our body is throwing that at us? No pop-off valve, no pressure cooker with a release valve. And so therefore it's building up, whether it be in blood pressure areas, whether it be in tremulousness, whether it be in your handwriting, which is a very subtle sign, but believe it or not, handwriting signs and symptoms are early. Uh, focus, scatter. A lot of people are inappropriately diagnosed with attention deficit disorder because of these stressors. And so the energy levels are fluctuating, and it seems that there's more of an absence of calm. So everybody would be searching for the holy grail of peace and calmness, and it seems like it's evading and elusive more than ever. You know, I, I, I feel that the two things that I think most people are looking for in their life, the two greatest components that people seem to be looking for are stability and simplicity. And yet when you study the makeup of our society today, our society seems to be designed to take away our stability and our simplicity. I mean, I'd have to agree with that subject. And I think that in terms of stability, uh, you know, just look at the gas prices and current economic instability to find that that stability is now leading to more foreclosures, which obviously is leading to chaos and stress financial mismanagement because of simple acts of wanting something that they always desired for their families, which was a home to be peaceful and secure. So the simplicity of having a family meal is now not really met because two people are working at opposite schedules to create a lifestyle that they don't have any time to enjoy. 
Now, when we were talking earlier about good stress and bad stress, is it accurate to say that good stress can increase our immune system, but that bad stress wears our immune system down? Absolutely. And now there's more research that's been shared more than ever that that immune system is something we were never taught. Now it's known more, it's mapped out, and therefore people know that just weakening that external barrier, just like getting a sunburn when you have fair skin, is going to break down over time. And so those stresses, the wearing the erosion of just like the ocean on a beach, will constantly erode away, and now you have something that sooner or later will break down. Fascinating when you think about that, because, you know, we you, you look at someone who has a, a positive life and works to have a balanced life, and is working every day to increase that, increase that stability so that they have that simplicity, their life seems to have less illness to it than the one who is constantly living with worry and living with doubt and, and filled with uncertainty. And, and it seems like that there is just no protecting themselves from the inside out to the pressures that they're feeling. I think we have to look within, whether it be a quiet moment in the morning, whether it be a peaceful break during the day, which everybody can have a minute, and from a very well-known reference book of the One Minute Manager series, you can take one minute any time of the day and find that one 60-second time frame where you can inwardly dwell in peace, shut out the world, and ground yourself at least for a minute. I think that's a start, Richard, and I think that's something that people can look for because it's manageable by anybody, and it doesn't take all obviously a whole lot of time yeah and i'm going to come back to this with our listeners that's one of the reasons i created the morning minute was to give you a pause at the beginning of your day and to give you one minute to just prepare yourself mentally for the day because i found a long time ago that a day that you're not mentally prepared for emotionally attacks you and you get sucked into it God helped me uh, recently as uh, a guest with me at my Star Maker conference in Tucson, Arizona. And on the last day, we had this young lady that was talking, and I worked with her as her private coach. And she was talking about the, the abdominal problems that she had and that so much of her life, when her life is upside down or her life has a surge of pressure, that it affects her and she has all kinds of stomach issues. Very well known. Some people deal with it psychologically. And a lot of people, once again, do not realize the link between the fact that they were nervous because mom and dad might have had a divorce or may have financial pressures or maybe their sister went away to school and they missed them. And all these we internalize and they come up with stomach cramps, pressures, pains that wake you up from sleep, which may not have been dreamlike and may not have been peaceful to begin with. And now you can't sit still in class. You may have problems with bowel or bladder issues. And all these permeate because when we don't have a place to, um, for the burn-off of our stresses, we don't have hobbies, we don't have physical athletic activities that will burn off some of these stressors, they build up. And when they build up, we show physical and somatic symptoms. Yeah. Scott, what about the healthcare system uh, today that most of us has grown up with? Are you satisfied, dissatisfied with it? Well, I think it's a multi-headed animal. I think it's something that our politicians are dealing with on a regular basis. I think the one that is the most evident area that we see is, of course, the emergency room being overcrowded and chaotic. And at the time when we need mostly the more critically ill people taken care of, we have people going in for routine issues because they can't access health care. They can't access their physician because of maybe an opening in a schedule which is not there yet. And so it becomes very disenchanted, and people are looking for alternatives more than ever before, and they're looking for things that have been time-tested, as we mentioned last show. What about the misnomer of asking a relative who they should recommend? Well, unfortunately, if you are a member of the insurance-covered system that we are uh, in our country, most of the time you must choose based on who's on your plan, so to speak, and that goes for your general doctor. Now, the rules for some of the specialists have changed and the best words I can impart is for everybody to check their cards and their plans before they make that urgent need to be seen. It's almost like a hurricane preparedness where you need to know what is your plan of action if these type of emergencies happen or if you need to see a doctor for a routine evaluation. And so knowing that, uh, I go back to when people move, the best thing you can do is call the local hospital. Referral lines I've grown up with, but if you can ask a nurse or a 
a charge nurse or perhaps somebody in the hospital's employment system, who would they go to? Who would they trust their mothers with? These are the people they see on a regular basis, and they know how these people show up in life in their medical practices. So these are the people that they would entrust you, and usually you will find that that's an outstanding referral. When you ask a neighbor, sometimes what happens is you might have a great result if they had a good outcome with something that was very unusual, or if it was something common that somebody was having a rough day. They might think that they're a fair doctor when in reality they're outstanding. So you get a mismatch of how exactly their quality can be. And not everybody needs a university level or what we might be known as tertiary care hospital care because it's not that many rare and exotic illnesses in the communities we live in, but know that they're there and know that they serve a purpose, but they're not always needed because nowadays databases are routinely connected for cancer protocols and routine serious illnesses. So most people, once again, this is a positive for the Internet. This is where people can pool their large, vast knowledge bases and their results of over years of practice and it's easily accessible with a couple of strokes of a key. What makes Scott Becker different from the average physician that is out there? Are, are you just like everybody else? Well, in some ways, uh, Richard, I think I've, I'm like everybody else in the last 20 years because you must always be on guard for new things. You must always educate. You must keep up to date. You must hone the skills of history and physical and constantly being open to changing those styles. I think the difference over the last handful of years has become an awareness of how the healthcare system has more changed from a fixed system to more of a proactive system. And the fixed system that we've all grown up with the majority of the last 50 years doesn't seem to be working as much. And because I tend to think of myself as a little bit more of an early adapter, I see some different changes, and I feel that it is time for a physician to take a look at possibly becoming a provider of preventative care as a whole, especially in the primary care levels. And it's our duty, if you will, to educate more than ever, speak outside of the community and within the community more than ever, so that we can inform the people that there are options out there, not just on the Internet, that people need to be aware of that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years that are well time-tested, not questioning the authority that delivers them, but more importantly, questioning the styles that are being delivered. And I think that's where people need to continue their questioning. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to put Scott on the spot a little bit because I think people have become position shoppers. When Richard Flint walks on stage, no one is quite prepared for what's about to happen. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's about getting a little uncomfortable, experiencing emotions you haven't felt in years, even questioning your direction in life. And then, through Richard's how-to instructions delivered in his down-to-earth grassroots style and a wisdom that sounds a lot like common sense, you finally get it. You realize, all is not lost. There's hope for you yet. No one who has ever been in the presence of Richard Flint is left untouched. That's why being in a Richard Flint audience can change your life. And booking Richard is easy. Pick up the phone right now and call Denise at 1-800-368-8255 or visit richardflint.com for details. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? Hey, want to know a secret? It just takes a minute to get Richard Flint's Morning Minute. Go to www.richardflint.com, then to the Resources drop-down menu at the top, and click on Get the Morning Minute. Oh, and by the way, you can enjoy the first 21 days of Richard's Morning Minute absolutely free. But uh, don't tell anybody I told you so. Hello, my name is Gary Gunn, and I've been uh, listening to Richard every morning probably for about six months now. And he's my partner, and he puts the soul back into my life every day. And if you're not taking the Morning Minute, you sure need to do it. I thoroughly enjoy the Morning Minute. Sometimes I just kind of think about what it says, and then I realize it really does have something to do with my life every morning of every day. Richard Flint believes the first thought you have in the morning will determine what kind of day you will have. I think I am so in trouble. To that end, Richard created the Richard Flint Morning Minute, a video message sent to you by Richard each morning that could give you all the ammunition you need to face whatever your day throws at you. And you can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. 
Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or visit richardflint.com slash resources and get the morning minute. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? A mentor is a personal thing. One-on-one, he's got your back. He's there to ask the right questions at the right time so you can make the right decision. Richard Flint knows you stumble through your life at times. No clear direction. Life seems to overwhelm. You don't seem to be able to focus. Or, heaven forbid, you don't even care anymore. That's when you need Richard Flint by your side. On your side. It can happen for a lot less than you think. Pick up the phone and call 1 800 368 8255. 1 800 368 8255. Ask for Denise. Mentoring with Richard Flint. It's a personal thing. And quite frankly, it's a much better thing. Welcome back. You know what? Life is so much fun when you have purpose, when you have direction, when you have energy, and when you have your health. When you put all these together, you get a life that has no limits to it because your health is so important. And yet so many people today, they take their health for granted. They feel good, think they're always going to feel good. But in reality, inside of them, there may be something going on that they're not aware of. And one of those little things inside of us that keeps nibbling at us is this concept we're talking about, about stress. Because I don't, I don't believe that stress comes in and normally takes big bites. I think it nibbles at you until it weakens the foundation. And my guest today, Dr. Scott Becker from uh, Miami, Florida, is here and we're talking about stress and we're talking about what we need to do to understand and control not eliminate but to understand and control stress so scott many in our society have become physician shoppers they seem to shop until they find a physician who agrees with what they think they have i mean is that true absolutely They'll come in and they want to know if you're there till 9 o'clock at night and if you'll be there 24-7 to answer their questions. And then if you don't say it in the right tone or wearing the right tie, you don't match their expectations, they're going to be gone for another number or another physician listed in their insurance plan. So they're actually looking for the approval that they may have looked up the correct diagnosis and they want somebody to agree with them. And that's very alarming. Why? Well, alarming because as I've sort of played uh, both sides of the Internet in the last couple of weeks, the Internet can be the greatest asset, but when abused, it can put people into a very harmful posture, and that illness or whatever is might be eroding at them over time could be waiting until perhaps a sign or a symptom that's a lot more subtle is delivered, and then they're rushing to an ER where the consequences may not be reversible. And having served in the ER for a number of years, having taught many medical schools and many medical students and currently teaching residents in South Florida area, uh, how do you teach somebody to pick up or clean up or figure out in the ninth inning when things are already in motion that you could have detected a long time ago when people had this false sense of security? So for that reason, the Internet has um, misled in not an intentional way, but in an unintentional and very subtle way. It's misled the comfort level of people when they feel a few words match what they've got, and that's all they needed to know. They're back off to their lifestyles, which we've talked of with stress-filled days and very poor communication skills, and they're left to be comfortable that all their issues are no longer a problem so until the, all of a sudden they wake up and they're a big problem. Yeah, so what, what happens, they just live their life until all of a sudden something breaks, and then they run to, like, the emergency room and scream, fix me, fix me, fix me, but the damage has already been done. And unfortunately, that damage might be only seconds or minutes to reverse. So if somebody comes in with a very serious symptom that has been brewing, literally, quite literally, for whether it be a mass or whether it be a explosive uh, aneurysms or in the areas of blood pressure control, some of these may have consequences that are only minutes to act. And it's almost like a comatose or a drug overdose. When you don't know what you're dealing with, you may not be able to make the correct decision. Consequences are catastrophic. Well, in these conditions, I mean... They just don't happen overnight. They progress until they get ready to break. Exactly. 
And the whole purpose of this show, as well as the others that you've provided, is to be a little bit more proactive, to be a little bit more prepared. And I think society is ready for that because they don't like fixing things when they're broken. It's a higher cost. The emotional toll is tremendous. You're having more time off of work. You have more dysfunctional dysfunctionality within the family structure because you might not be able to be physically able to participate after a long emotional bout or a physical bout. So all areas suffer. Hmm. Well, let's talk about some tips for helping people control the stress, the stress in their life. From the psychological side, I would tell people five things. Number one, don't let things build up in your life, confront and resolve. Number two, if you're going to control stress, before you say yes to anything, pause and ask the question, is this going to feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Number three, don't stay in environments that are unhealthy, and you know they're unhealthy. Number four, have a regular program of self-development for your life. And then number five, don't live in clutter. Don't collect things that are going to stress you out. Now, from the medical side, what would you tell a person whose life is being overwhelmed with personal stress? Do not be afraid to ask for help. I think we're a society where we're afraid to raise our hands because we feel like we'll be the only one with that question. In reality, in this case, there are many, many others who are feeling the same, going through the same or unfortunately not understanding the same things that are going on with them. Number two, prepare a plan. We might even call it something in the neighborhood of a personal stress plan so that as various levels are built up, people that you know, trust, your support system, know what action to take that might release some of that stress prior to the consequences we just spoke of. And so physicians should maybe implement some of those basic questions in the history. One that I heard recently in an emergency room up in Central Florida was something as simple as, are you living in a safe home environment, which would tip off to some dysfunctional anger issues and some family issues. And so we need to, as physicians, implement some basic questions that might tip us off about stress points, which we've not usually asked unless they're coming in for high blood pressure and headache issues. That's about sometimes as simple as the questions might need to be. Do you have blurry or double vision leading to high pressure from stress? And implement those guidelines. Be honest with yourself that you can implement these guidelines and monitor your own stress. Uh, Back to the hurricane analogy, we have to be able to handle emergencies until the help can arrive. And in this case, we need to be proactive and preventative of that monitoring process. You know, folks, I want to thank Dr. Becker for taking time to once again be with us on our show. And I hope you understand the, the danger that stress can bring to your life. It's not something to joke about. It's a serious situation for us individuals, and for society, and we have to face it. Next Thursday, same day, same time, and remember, life is yours to design, so make wise choices. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you have any questions at all, just pick up the phone and call us at 1-800-368-8255 or go to richardflint.com. From all of us to all of you, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.